This is a podcast from Rover. The Rocks, Jay and Dunk. Jay and Dunk. About to talk about organised crime, guys, and I am looking forward to this chat. Well, we said we're going to get him on the show. Uh, old school friend of mine, a very good bloke, uh, Jared Savage. For those of the people that don't know who you are, Jared Savage is a New Zealand Herald reporter and has just released. Well, what is the release date of Gangland? Uh, this week, I think it was yesterday actually So yeah, it's out, out in bookshops now Fantastic, so New Zealand's underworld of organised crime I was lucky enough to get an advanced copy off the bro And it is one hell of a hectic read Without giving too much away Because it does chronicle the entire fact that you used to work for the Herald on Sunday Doing the gossip column and blah 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 <laughs> And then you basically got cast into One of the most hectic parts of the newspaper the, With the crime section or following crime How, how was that transition for you? Yeah, it was a bit of a laugh. I mean, I was um, hanging around uh, the Auckland District Court, sort of, you know, low-level riffraff sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, after a while, you, you begin to meet people and, uh, you know, we'd call them sources, I guess, in journalism. And, and one day, one of them said, look, mate, you need to get up to the Auckland High Court. There's a, there's a big meth dealer getting sentenced, and uh, you, you, I think you'll find it quite interesting. And I'd never really reported on methamphetamine or organised crime, and I couldn't quite believe what I was hearing when I got up there because... He was this uh, dude uh, in the dock, regular-looking dude, had glasses on, kind of nerdy, um, had a cool nickname, uh, the Four-Eyed Dragon. He had been up in Sky City Casino just pumping millions of dollars through uh, the, the pokies uh, and he, at the same time running his, uh, his, his meth operation from the VIP lounge. So got quite a good yarn out of that for the Weekend Herald and, uh, mate, just found it really interesting, interesting cops, interesting crims, interesting lawyers. So uh, it just sort of unfolded from there, really. And, uh, yeah, it's been quite an evolution in that sort of organised crime world in New Zealand ever since um, to the point now where we're seeing 500 kilo shipments of methamphetamine coming in, um, not just from, you know, Asia, but from, you know, the Mexican cartels now. So, yeah, it's pretty full on. Um, I mean, I always knew that there was a certain level of uh, organised crime or Asian organised crime that was operating within New Zealand because I think it was like Pam Corkery or whatever did that thing where she went over and bought a container shipment of contact NT, which is sort of the yeah. one of the base ingredients for making methamphetamine. But I never knew it operated to the level in which you've put in this book. Like, that is a phenomenal amount of money that is coming in and out of this country and run through those individuals. And they seem... So slick, so legit, mum and dad looking individuals that are doing deals not only in the Sky City Casino VIP lounge, but in, you know, like fast food restaurants over a coffee. You know, like it's just prolific. And is it still that bad now? Oh, look, it's definitely in the last few years, we're on an upward take for sure. I mean, just for a bit of background, I mean, 20 years ago when meth, I mean, what's changed everything is is meth and the money that can be made from it. Um, And you made the point about contact NT. You know, that's the, uh, for those who don't know, that's like a, a, a regular cold and flu remedy that you can get in China, um, which contains pseudoephedrine, which is the one of the main ingredients uh, in meth. Um, and we banned it here in New Zealand. That's why, I mean, you can blame the drug dealers for having why our cold and flu medicine is so rubbish. There's no pseudoephedrine in it. Um, <laughs> so they, you know, that's, you know, that's true. Like, but you can get it, it's, it's, it's regularly available in China, right? Like it's it's no big, that's where the factories are. So um, yeah, sort of the Asian syndicate have really access to pseudo. They just buy thousands of packets of 
of uh, Sudafed, basically, uh, their equivalent of Sudafed, um, strip it all out of its little um, shell capsules and put it in bags and, and send it over here. And, um, and you know, and that sort of switched a bit to actual, you know, finished product of, of meth as well. So, look, truckloads of money. Look, I police do a great job. Um, I mean, things have changed again in, in recent years with some of the 501 gangs coming over. That's like the Comancheros and some of the Mongols. They've brought a new level of sophistication and um, some ruthlessness and sort of ruffled a few feathers amongst the established gangs here. Cops do a great job, but uh, to be honest, I think um, you're never going to win that war on, on the supply chains. You, you've got to do your best and, and keep your foot on, the, on those particular individuals and groups. But really, probably more money needs to be pumped into the addiction and rehab counselling side of things to, to reduce demand. Do you think uh, it's now majority of methamphetamine in New Zealand is cooked here in New Zealand or it's brought in? Good question, Lai. Like it, it ebbs and flows and it changes. And, and so the book goes into a bit of that as well. But for a long time, it was being cooked here. And like that's when you could get like pseudo over the counter here from behind that, you know, they literally had people pill shopping, they called it, just cruising around the pharmacies, someone going in and buying 10, 20 packets of Sudafed, you know, until until the, the crackdown came. Then it sort of switched into these imports coming in, like, uh, and quite big imports, 100, 200, 500 kilos now. Um, COVID's changed things a little bit. There's a bit of, so for the last five years, it's, it's been the finished product coming in. It's actually, from what I'm hearing, it sort of swung back more to manufacture again because of COVID, you know, shipping routes and all, everything like that sort of slowed down this year with, you know, lockdowns and, and whatnot. So it seems like, um, you know, ingredients are just getting sent in via mail order um, as opposed to the big um, the big shipments coming in and uh, planes and ships. So, yeah, I think we've swung back to a bit of the old, um, more the home cook stuff in recent months. Jared Savage, uh, crime reporter and new author of the name of his book, Gangland, uh, out now. Uh, Jared, can you hold there, mate? We're going to make this two parts. We're going to play another track and then come back to you. Oh, gee. Organised crime uh, here in New Zealand. We've got an author on the phone. His name is Jared Savage. Also a New Zealand crime reporter as well uh, for the New Zealand Herald. Um, and chat about New Zealand's underworld of organised crime because uh, Gangland's new book is out now. Now, Jared, I mean, it probably goes without saying uh, the organisations that you're chatting about in the book would prefer to stay in the dark, but what you're kind of doing is pulling the curtain back and then firing a giant LED halogen or spotlight on them, um, and I feel like that's something they wouldn't want. Do you ever get worried about that? And that's kind of what Jay was asking before too. Well, if I wasn't worried, I am now after that, uh, <laughs> that introduction. Jeepers, <laughs> when you put it like but, uh, that. <laughs> when you, well, when you put it like that. Uh, look, you know, New Zealand's a small place. If someone wants to find me, they'll find me. I think, I think what's probably a little bit different is that these cases are ones that have gone through the, the court system. So, you know, I've, I've turned up. I mean, basically, the police have done their job. What I've done is gone along and, you know, picked up all the evidence that's gone through the court, the transcripts, um, I've spoken to cops, spoken to some of the crimes, and I've sort of just whipped it all together into a, a bit of a yarn, you know, 12 different yarns, which tell that overarching picture of what's happened in their evolution in the last 20 years. I mean, yeah, there's been a few ropey moments here and there, but I mean, I, I had a, I had a, a coffee with a, a cop yesterday, and um, he was telling me that... He met up with one of these Comancheros um, to have a chat to them, and the guy sat down across from the table and put a folder across and basically said, well, I know where you live. 
uh, this is the car you drive, this is your wife's name, this is your kids' names, um, this is what you like to do in your weekend activities. Um, mm. and, and the cop just sort of laughed and said, well, you're, you're not the first person to try and intimidate me like this. Um, but it shows you that they do gather intelligence and, and they'll use that to intimidate them. Do you think it's almost the rule of diminishing returns and the fact you talk about it in the book Gangland, when the police do an investigation on an organised crime syndicate, they have to hand over that entire investigation to that syndicate's lawyer so that they can have the opportunity to build a defence against it. Jeez, and then from that, they do <laughs> they take all of the learnings on how the police are surveilling them, how they manage to get into their devices, plant bugs within their, you know, the places where they're living or where they're operating, and then they basically modernise their approach the next time they come out. So while they're getting smarter and basically catching up to the police at the same time people need the clubs need to protect themselves against these gangs coming in so in order to do that they need more members in order to get more members they need to be a bigger badder club they need to sell more meth so they get more money to provide them with more firepower and then they just the whole thing is just turning into a big blender shit fest Man, I think you should write a book on this <laughs> you've, you've, you've got it you've got it down I mean look, you're absolutely right I mean and this is a real bugbear for the police. I mean, it's part of the law, like under the you know, Criminal Disclosure Act. They have to hand over the file um, so that you know there's a, a right to a, to a fair trial and a fair defence. But it's a constant game of cat and mouse. So, you know, it can take the police quite a while to work out how these guys are operating, right? So they work it all out and then they sit down and go, right, how are we going to capture this incriminating evidence? Okay, well, they're using encrypted phones now, so... You know, we don't have a we don't have a hope of, of listening into those phones. Okay, well, what are we going to do? Well, look, let's sneak into the you know sneak into the house and and put a, a listening device in a wall or in a pool table or in a dartboard or, or whatever it might be. And so they're capturing the conversations like that. So yeah, so when they get busted, they work out what's gone on. Uh, they learn from their mistakes. And not only do they do that, they tell everyone else while they're yeah, waiting while in, they're in prison. Or they call it rock college, right? Everyone's sitting around <laughs> and, t- and t- teaching each other how to... But he's um, just, just trying to make the, dis- uh, the distinction that it's not funded by us in any which way. Yeah, it's actually about <laughs> the rock. Sorry, <laughs> not yeah, the music not genre. The rock college. <laughs> yeah. um, but up in uh, Paremoremo prison, so, you know, they're all learning and, and sort of teaching each other how to get around the latest innovative technique that the police have used. And so next time they come out, you've got to start all over again. So, yeah, constant game of cat and mouse. It is an incredible insight that you gave us in the book. I suggest if you have any interest in this, I almost suggest even if you have zero interest in this whatsoever, just to know what's happening because we operate, if you're a law-abiding citizen, you operate on one plane. This is happening at the exact same time. It's almost like we're on two completely different celestial planes and travelling right beside each other, but you'll never cross over into it. Gangland, New Zealand's underworld of organised crime by New Zealand Herald reporter Jared Savage. Uh, Thank you so much, buddy. For, for lending me the copy early doors and for, um, and for jumping on to chat about it on the show this afternoon. It's incredibly insightful stuff. Hey, look, thanks, guys. Look forward to catching up for a beer soon. Yeah, if you would like to get the book sent to your hot little hands, uh, you have to buy it, support uh, the guy with the biggest plums in New Zealand. <laughs> uh, <laughs> text SAVAGE to 3520. Thanks, mate. The Rocks, Jay and Doug. Want more of the show for some reason? Search The Rock Drive on Facebook.